0: I'm Michael Beck, the host of the Mike the Mike podcast. If you've been following along with me, it's great to have you back here again. And If you're listening in for the first time, welcome. This is a place to talk about the arts as well as personal well-being. Sometimes I'll talk more about art, a lot of times I'll talk more about mental and physical health. But regardless of the topic, I hope to encourage greater openness and understanding as I seek to better understand myself and the things and people around me. Welcome to episode 34. Thank you, Ken, to you listening in right now. In my last episode, I asked you to please stick with me and listen to this episode, and so I'm so grateful that you're here. If you happen upon this episode, or even if you've been following along with me and could use a recap, uh, let me try to catch you up to speed. For context, I shared the first half of my conversation with my good friend Leah Johnson with my 26th episode, and in this episode, I will be sharing the second half. If you somehow missed uh, part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. By sharing this conversation, I'm also going back to the very beginning of a series that I was going through, in which deep conversation was the main focus. I had this conversation with Leah during the conversation. Everything was great. And then after the fact, I just got really in my head about it. My insecurity kicked in and my negativity bias engaged, and it was like... You know, just like if you ever went to a party and then after getting home over, overanalyzed the whole situation at the same time, an observer would have been, you know, would have seen more of the full picture and would have thought that everything went fine. And yet you find yourself fixated on that small moment when you felt uncomfortable. So I initially struggled to share the conversation I had with Leah, and then that sort of launched me into... Asking about deep conversation in a broad sense, why people keep things shallow and avoid real talk, as I have heard some people call it, but also looking internally and asking myself why I struggle to have deep conversation uh, sometimes, or why I'll talk about something in depth while avoiding to have discussions on other topics. There are so many things I would like to say now in response to my last episode and before queuing up my conversation with Leah, but. I believe this episode is plenty long as it is, so I'm trying to keep this brief. White middle class American men like me are much of the structural and spiritual problem, and more often than not, when this is addressed, us men get defensive. Most women already know this, or they learn this before long. In my last episode, I said that you have been encouraging me to open up and share my thoughts and feelings, and... With that, I feel as if you've created a bit of a monster. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's someone thinking, man, this guy really needs to stop talking. And I'm sure you had a lot of feelings about what I said in that episode. And more than likely, I said some things that you didn't appreciate. And so I thank you for your patience and understanding and for your continued grace with me and for your continuing with me on this journey. I believe that our feelings are valid. And so I'm glad that I shared my raw thoughts and feelings even about this conversation with Leah, but I acknowledge that even as I re-listened to the conversation in preparation for releasing this episode, my perspective on the conversation has changed. I believe my last episode really is a testament to the fact that I'm digging into some old wounds and past hurts. Depending on who's listening, I'm sure it's all too evident that I spoke out of a place of hurt. This fact is going to be something for further discussion. It's not the place that I want to be and That's not the place that I want to be speaking from, but that's where I've been, and that's where I am now. This is not where I will be forever. And the words of Franciscan Father Richard were, So here are my viewpoints, remembering that every viewpoint is a view from a point, and all we can do is own them and bring them to consciousness. As I continue to grow and heal, as I own my viewpoints and bring them to consciousness, I'm going to change, and with it, there is going to be a shift in my perspective, and again, the fact that my perspective on the conversation has changed, that I'm not uh, afraid to share it, that I'm not so bothered by what Leah or myself did or didn't say, is a sign to me that already there's been growth, and my sharing and my processing is bearing fruit. I'm now all the more grateful for all the things that Leah had to say, and that she had this conversation with me, and that I now get to share it with you, and that I get to have it on this podcast to be a part of this ongoing dialogue as the next step and as the next part of this much larger conversation, and again, as a part of the journey. Now, with no further delay, here is part two of my conversation with Leah Johnson. Well, uh, let's uh, see about uh, kind of rolling into sort of the main topic. I'm glad we kind of, you know, kind of initiate this topic by talking about talking about deep stuff. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I kind of want to give a little bit of context before we kind of roll into it. And, um, cause yeah, some people might, you know, hear about the conversation we're having, like, once we get into it and be like, why did you choose the topic? Like, are you trying to like pick on it? Like, what's the deal? Why is this coming up? <laughs> and so I'd be like, no, like, it's not really like that. Um, so, right. so here it is. I, um, yeah, so in my last episode, my previous episode, I talked about shame. And, mm-hmm. you know, my and my, you know, I shared my feelings about that. And I talked about, you know, shame is is counterproductive, and that it's, you know, neither helpful or leads to any positive outcome. And, right. you know, it's it's only detrimental. And, you know, it, you know, that is in the short term, you may see someone change their outer behavior. But mm-hmm. in the long term, on the inside, there's, there's going to be a wound there that needs to be healed because shame is damaging and it's, it's like poison. Um, Exactly. And I try to make a distinction that guilt is different from shame and that it it, uh, doesn't say that, you know, the wrongdoing or the sin we, you know, we could call it uh, you know, the guilt leaves room for healing and growth. uh, But shame says that you're fundamentally broken and and can't Mm. change. And so shame really hinders any sort of personal and corporate progress Um, That is good, And and that's my belief anyways, but, um, you know, I don't want us to get too caught up in the weeds before we even get started, but you know, do you have any, (laughs) uh, any thoughts or anything you'd like to add uh, to that before we continue?
1: Um, yeah, no, like that is probably the best, uh, descriptor, uh, that I, that I could have used, um, the whole shame versus guilt thing. I think that trips a lot of people up, especially in the church, especially with this younger generation. Um, we have a lot of yeah, we have a lot of Christians who just carry shame around and you're right. Like it doesn't, shame is not something that leaves room for growth. If anything, I've seen more people pull away from the faith due to shame. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, I mean, obviously I think guilt can lead to shame. It's those two things are very different from conviction, right? So conviction in terms of like the Holy Spirit is going to point to the fact that you can be better than what you're choosing to be, where shame literally just keeps you bound in not only your behavior, but it's kind of wrapped up as your identity as well. So Mm -hmm. it's basically just telling you that you cannot change and you'll never be any different than what you're doing now. So carry this with you for your entire life. Don't ever grow. Don't ever let it go. Just Mm -hmm. let it fester and you'll end up kind of just pulling away from everything that tells you that you can be something different. So I mm-hmm. completely agree with that. hundred percent.
0: Cool. So yeah, let's try to see if we can, you know, uh, break that down further and talk about maybe some, you know, some applications of that and maybe where, you know, how it applies to this, this post, and maybe how I see it. And I'd be curious to see how you, you know, see that as well from, you know, you, um, personally, but also, you know, as a as a female. And I'm really right. grateful that I was able to have you on because I was trying to I was trying to like talk about this by myself and kind of like very specifically talk about a certain aspect of it. But I feel like I was right. sort of like trying to, you know, dodge all these and yeah, it's just really um
2: right. It's i a we, situation. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm
0: glad we can just kind of like open up the whole conversation and, and just lay it out there and and talk yes. about it. So <laughs> uh my plan is to, you know, just go ahead and read the posts and then um I was thinking we can just get our, like our observations, you know, just the operations, yeah. like no in- interpretations. And by that, I might mean, not just being, you know, stating the facts, um, you know, trying to look for the context, um, you know, in the classic story the you know, the chicken that crosses the road, for example, the o- observation may be that the chicken, you know, cross the road and mm-hmm. the interpretation would be why the chicken, you know, might have done it, how it makes me feel. Um, right. <laughs> I want, you know, to save those thoughts for further discussion, discussion, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Cool. All right. So let me uh, pull this up here. Okay. I remember this post. This was the one that you had me read. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. And I, this not might have like received any sort of circulation, but I don't know. Somebody shared it. They seemed right. like it, it seemed like I've it resonated with. It, it seems like it resonated with them, and you know, it struck me in a way. And so I was like, okay, well. I feel like it was worth, you know, talking about. So, let me yeah. Let me uh try to read this here. Uh so and this was I think I think you'll you'll understand where it's coming from once I read it. So, um so I need to issue an apology. I'm using some humor here too. I have been a youth pastor on and off for over 20 years and have issued the ridiculous ultimatum to my female students that summer camp uh one piece swimsuit only. First of all, I'm sorry. Number one, I'm sorry that I didn't teach boys to control themselves. Number two, I'm sorry I laid the weight of purity on a girl's swimsuit while she was swimming and not on boys' responsibility to not be gross. Number three, I am sorry to all the girls that uh, frantically searched for an appropriate one-piece so that uh, some male uh, youth pastor could deem them appropriate. Story here, I accompanied my fiancé and her daughter as they uh, desperately look for a cute one piece that could be appropriate for camp. It was hard and it sucked. Number four, I'm sorry that you have deemed a young woman's body as something that needs to be covered and let young men's bodies be okay to be seen. Number five, I'm sorry that I laid this to be uh, an item of discussion, uh, usually uh, led by men and at any youth uh, leader meeting. This must have been awful for my female leaders and students to be a part of. I'm still a fan of the no produce rule, quote unquote, Uh, no uh, buns, bananas, or breasts need to be seen, but why uh, the stomach's overly sexualized? Why is a little cleavage sinful? Why are women meant to feel they are uh, responsible uh, for men's actual sin of lust? So I'm sorry to all the students, especially female, that were subjugated to our roles. I am sorry to the female students as, uh, they desperately uh, tried to search for a swimsuit in the days leading up to camp. I'm sorry if you felt sexualized uh, by telling you to cover up. I'm sorry I didn't tell boys to be men and lay that responsibility on young women. Female students wear a swimsuit that lets you have fun. Male students stop being disgusting and control yourself. Uh, youth uh, pastors, uh, male especially, stop being chauvinist and make uh, fee- making female students feel bad uh, for having breasts. Christians live like Jesus. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the post. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if I did the the tone justice. I don't know how he would have spoken that himself. Uh, so I apologize for that, but, um, uh, but yeah, let me sort of see, I jotted down a few observations myself. And so, right. uh, what I, what I sort of tried to pull out of this is a seasoned pastor of, uh, over 20 years attempts to publicly issue a formal apology about policies in place regarding female swimsuit attire at church functions, specifically a one piece only rule. He speaks about the struggle of finding a one piece swimsuit and uh, talks about the responsibility uh, that these young uh, women have been account- accountable to and uh, the church uh, sexualization of these uh, youth uh, women. And he breaks down several uh, points from within the church uh that he believes uh, should have been addressed directly, um are addressed differently, and then uh should be handled uh differently um going forward. Um so yeah, Leah, do you have any other uh observations or points that you saw in this letter?
1: Yeah, there was um there was a few. Like actually there's so much you can take away from this. First off, um I, su- I super appreciate this pastor's willingness to come forward with uh, like an open apology because a lot of people i'd say a lot of pastors especially male pastors typically don't do stuff like this when it comes to issuing an open apology about anything that is like a kind of like a shameful topic like what we were talking about before because really it's the it's the over-sexualization of Christian women, to be completely honest. And especially yeah, yeah. when it comes to youth, um, a lot of, and that's a problem we face even, you know, it's not something that's strictly just church goers. It's everyone. Um, women, uh, have been like the source of sexual shame for probably thousands of years at this point. And, um, mm it's always been an issue in the church, uh, because the church has always been deemed ruled by men. So, Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's the biggest thing you can take away from this is it's rooted in history. That's the problem.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but also, I mean, if you look at, his His ending statement was to be more like Jesus, right? right? So obviously, Jesus in the Bible, he literally says like if if your eyes are what caused you to sin, like gouge them out. So he's literally saying like it's more important for you as the person looking like if you're the one with the lust problem, then it's it's your issue. The blame shouldn't lie on the person that you're lusting after mm-hmm. now, I'm not. I'm not naive to the fact that as, you know, as Christians in the church world, you know, I went to camp several times. (laughs) I was also subject to those rules. You know, dress codes are completely valid and understandable. Um, But I do think there should be a balance. You know what I mean? And I think that a lot of people in the church world, especially men in uh, authority positions, have... Kind of failed to communicate that with the younger men over the years, um, that mm-hmm. it really ultimately is your responsibility as um, a Christian male to not only protect yourself, but also don't add to the shame of a young woman who, you know, we see this on our bodies every day. So obviously mm-hmm. to us, it's not going to be as big of a deal as it might be to, you know, this 15 year old Matthew over here, who's never seen a girl's body in real life. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. again, I understand the necessary measures, you know, I like what he said about, you know, no buns, you know, don't obviously don't walk around here in a string bikini or anything, you know, there's still boundaries that you have to abide by, but yeah, I mean, we're also living in 2021. I'm not, trying to say that, you know, the times should change things, but really they do. Like, let's just, you know, look at what's on TV. A lot mm-hmm. of us are desensitized at this point, especially teenagers. What you're seeing on TV is, I mean, women now, what they show on TV would have been a hundred percent scandalous just 20 years ago. Oh yeah. So you're, we're a lot more used to seeing skin than we think we are. So I completely understand what he's saying about You know, why is why is a belly button so scandalous to you? Like, why why do I have to subject my daughter or myself to go find something that's, you know, your modesty standards, especially if it's much more difficult to find? Um, now I will say I I go shopping not super often. I actually hate shopping, but you do see a lot more like there's cute one pieces. I'm just going to be super girly here and say, (laughs) yeah it's not as difficult to find a super cute one piece as it might have been. I also don't know when this article was written, but um, right. I'm going to assume it was within the last five years.
0: <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> it was, it was recent. I would think.
1: Yeah, yeah I think it was recent. So it's, it, it doesn't have to be super difficult. Um, I, I feel like, you know, if you're looking for something that is modest enough, you'll find it and you'll find something that, you like and it makes Mm -hmm. you feel comfortable and you know you're not going swimming in a full body suit you know but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day um if 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 we're all trying to be more like jesus it should lie within us the responsibility a again i'm responsible for my own lust and, and what my heart kind of is 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 emitting in the moment if I'm looking at someone with lust you know the bible says that I've already committed the sin, but at the end of the day um, the shame part is the biggest thing like i don't I don't want my lust for someone to make them feel shame because right. again, this has been an issue in the church for so 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 long so i do i, I appreciate this pastor for Yeah. Kind of bringing more attention to it because I feel like it's a discussion that we don't have enough. So
0: yeah, and to bring in, I'm sure I'll have, you know, some people listen who aren't Christians, so in or in the church. So to kind of open up, I feel like this is an issue regardless of you know church. It's kind of, you know, can be uh more so maybe in the church. But I feel like, you know Absolutely, you know, wherever you find yourself, yeah. This can be uh something that is it's worldly too, yeah. Like I was saying.
1: It's the oversexualization of female bodies, and I feel like um, there's. I watch a lot of YouTube and um, like a lot of uh, vocal essays. So mm-hmm. people will people will find a topic and they'll make a video on it, and this seems to be a very prevalent one in today's climate. Yeah, um, but yeah, like you don't even have to know what it's like inside of the church, but you can clearly see that female bodies have always been oversexualized, and they've always been there's always been some sort of stigma relating to how much skin a woman shows, you know, that deems her worth. And I don't, I've never agreed with that. (laughs) Um, But I mean, as a woman, yeah, like I was just like, am I biased because I'm a girl? So, but at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really sad that we are still here, but at the same time, if I'm speaking realistically, I don't know if we'll ever not be here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's sex is one of those things that just continuously brings forth so many negative, I mean, so many negative topics, you know, um, and yeah, like it, it tends to mainly revolve around females and mm-hmm. that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. The yeah, guy, absolutely. she definitely did it as hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely um trying to think of what i was going to say yeah how <laughs> uh so many thoughts yeah i mean it has been like an ongoing issue and i think kind of going back to our n- initial conversation about talking about things i think so much of the issue maybe is that these conversations mm-hmm. you know either 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 aren't have or aren't had enough or when they are had um you know it's not it's not an instance of, you know, everyone sort of like listening to understand. It's, you know, people sort of trying to interject their own right. you know, thoughts and biases. Right. And so, or you're,
1: you're not getting it from a wide enough audience. Sometimes I right. think the people who talk about it, like what you were saying about wanting to talk about this, but maybe wanting to hear it from a female perspective, mm-hmm. a lot of times you know, men are very quick to have full conversations on women's bodies (laughs) as, as we see all the time, you see Mm -hmm. it in politics, you see it on, on basically every scale of what makes the world go round. Um, and I think, yeah, I think opening up the audience, a would be a huge help, but also, um, just being willing to, like you said, listen to understand versus, listening to just debate and make your point.
0: Yeah, because I mean, yeah. I can see where, you know, this has been, you know, d- d- thoroughly discuss g- discuss quote unquote, you know, you have, um, you know, the people sort of in th- authority, you know, most likely men, and then you have some women mm-hmm. there and they discuss it, but it's like, is it actually, right. is it actually discussed? Or is right. it, you know, a situation where the people who, you know, have lots of thoughts are kind of keeping quiet, Yeah. And and you'd have a few bold people, but it's like and then maybe gets heated and then, you know, it's like, where does it go from there if everyone's just like getting upset?
1: Exactly. Where does it go from there? And I've I've noticed that we're talking like on the topic of discussing things to understand them. Like sometimes you have to go into a conversation like this. This is one of those, I guess people would consider it like a taboo conversation. Cause like we said, it's not talked about enough. Yeah. Um, you have to go into these, these types of discussions with an understanding that like, Hey, I might not change anyone's mind. Like, mm-hmm. but is that my goal or am I doing this to bring awareness to the topic? And I think this is a topic that everyone is, gonna stay torn on you know what i mean like this isn't one of those those black and white things i feel like this is a super gray area but Mm -hmm. it's the gray areas that probably need to be talked about more and then Mm -hmm. that way it just brings awareness to it like you know when you're when you have a summer camp and you're making the rules for a summer camp if you're aware of the situation with the sexualization of women's bodies you might you might end up changing your mind about a couple things, but you also, Mm -hmm. even if you don't change your mind about anything, you're aware that women or young girls do feel shame about this topic. So Mm -hmm. your compassion is going to grow. And I think at the end of the day, bringing awareness to something like this would only help compassion grow.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And just something I was thinking about in terms of just sexualization and mm-hmm. those things of shame. And I think on any of these things, even for myself, where I feel like I've, you know, fallen into certain things, it feels e- easy to sort of want to, for me, just sort of want to like blame or, you know, pick on like one specific thing. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes these things, you know, not to say that that, you know, specific thing that I'm thinking of was, you know, was not in the wrong. But it's not just that one thing. It's it's a broader thing. It's like, you know, maybe right. maybe some things have happened in the church, but maybe some yep. things have also happened from school. Maybe some yeah. other things have happened from my parents. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the one thing. So, uh, could you? And I think that's maybe sometimes the challenge as well is when we kind of like pick on the one thing. Right. You know, the question is like, well, what about these other things? So maybe because you touch on that a little bit and kind of yeah. see, like, what how do you feel like? This, you know, how do you see the sexualization of women, you know, happening in the shame?
1: Right. So kind of like what you were saying reminded me of this. Um, it's like, like the saying that I use all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's basically saying there's always a fire when you see smoke. Right? right. So like if if I'm at a camp and, you know, there's this male teenager staring at this girl who's happened to be wearing a one piece or even like let's let's go farther two piece um and to her and to every girl there you know she's pretty covered up when it comes to uh today's standards of sexualization like you don't really see too much but to him you know if if that's the most that he's he's seen it's kind of like do i do i blame her for or do I blame her parents or do I blame you know like this is how she this is how she was raised to Mm -hmm. be able to feel comfortable but him you know he's he was raised in a much more conservative modest home where he's never seen a midriff on a girl before so it's like where's the where's the 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 balance on how you regulate that type of thing as a mm-hmm. camp leader or as a pastor? but it's also like what you were saying, there's always something bigger. um I take it completely the opposite. You've got a, a a male kid who you know he was into some pretty deep stuff back home some some pretty deep sexual stuff, and he's seen it all. um he's now triggered <laughs> at this church camp or you know wherever they are. And it it just reminds him of the the stuff that he sees at home and it compels him to act uh, in a bad way, you know, or not even act in a bad way, but just have these thoughts about this girl that he sees. Mm -hmm. That to me is the fire. And the way he sees her in that moment is the smoke. And for me, it's like I can't help the fire. I really can't. I Mm -hmm. I have nothing to do with this child at home. (laughs) I don't know what he sees every day. Um, But I think if you're aware that there are going to be kids who have a much bigger fire, it will help you kind of explain things a little better when you're making rules. Like if someone's got a question, like, you know, why can't my kid wear a bikini? Why can't my daughter wear this? Instead of putting the shame on the girl, you know, let's bring awareness to the fact that, hey, listen, I don't have a problem with her wearing this. Or I don't I don't personally have an issue with it. I think that she should be able to you know, feel comfortable and dress how she wants to dress. I just want you to be aware that, you know, we don't necessarily know the background of, of these male boys. I, I don't want anything unnecessary to to trigger them or not even specifically triggering them, but I don't want anything unnecessary happening at camp to scar your daughter. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that you really are are just trying to it's a lot of responsibility to be able to make these types of rules. And I oh, feel yeah. for anyone Yeah, I don't be that position at all. Yeah. No, I feel for anyone who has to because you really have to you really have to find the balance and try to help convey both sides and but I do think at the end of the day as long as you let them know or you know whether it be the girls themselves or the parents you know before you guys come to camp hey like make sure that they're aware why I'm putting these rules in place or make sure that they're aware of you know just again like we were saying there's always a fire behind every smoke and I'm not 100% aware of how big that fire might be, but I wanna minimize any mm-hmm. like burns at this point. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. really what <laughs> you're trying to do at the end right. of the day. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you could you could say the shame is the burn. You could say, you know, an incident might be the burn, but um, we wanna avoid that kind of thing and mm-hmm. educating them on, on why, why we put all these rules into place. Don't just throw it out there like yeah, no bikinis. You know what I mean with 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 no explanation as of why. You know, but at the end of the day, it really is. It's just someone's feelings are gonna get hurt. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Someone's gonna be disappointed. Um, and that's why I don't envy that position. So
0: sure. Well, and maybe on that topic, maybe as I feel like we're kind of segueing. um, Can you maybe see? uh, just how like a male reader, um, sort of regardless of their stance on the presented, you know, issue, uh, might take issue with like the language, uh, and like the way that the author presented, uh, and was speaking out about boys.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, like the pastor who wrote this, you know, he was, he was using a lot of sarcasm, which to me is fine. Um, because again, I'm super familiar with that world, but if you're not, familiar with that world and you're a guy you might take it super personally like yeah. you know he was saying a lot of don't be gross you know like right. to a guy you know, it's not gross it's natural you know what i mean like yeah there there are plenty of you know red-blooded men out here who are super physical when it comes to you know visuals and i mean like if if that's something that you are not used to saying and you see it and, you know, natural things happen in your body when you see it, it's like, you know, how am I being gross? You know, if, if she's the one that came out here with, you know, this string bikini on, you know, right. like why is it gross for me to feel a certain type of way? And I think that that I hate to say it. It's really going to boil down to just male maturity, you know, yeah. being able to read that as a as a male and knowing that you're you're the one that he's talking directly to um depending on how mature you are you're going to be able to dissect the important parts the parts that he really meant to convey which is not necessarily the don't be gross but you know finding like yeah you should be more like Jesus and yeah, we shouldn't shame women for, you know, showing their bellies. You know what I mean? It's it's more on us to take the responsibility of not placing the shame on them, not allowing our hormones to get the best of us when it comes to um, over-sexualizing a woman's body. But if you're less mature, and I mean, again, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone saying this, but if you're less mature, then you are going to you're probably going to find yourself a little offended by this pastor's words as a male because you'll probably feel attacked. Um, And if you feel attacked, you know, the old saying is if the shoe fits, you know what I mean?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like if, if this is something that you struggle with, then it does, it feels like a call out. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I don't feel bad. Like I really don't. I think again, up your maturity level, up your maturity level. It's, there's so many like nuggets of truth and just like gold, gold nuggets in this pastor's words. And I think that it is high time for some, some boys to, come up as young men in the faith and Mm -hmm. not even like, again, if you're not saved or if you're not a Christian, you can still come up in wisdom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like shame applies to every religion. And even if you don't have a religious background, you're a human being. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn how to just be able to like dissect what, what someone is saying and and not be offended by it. And I, I don't even think what he wrote was offensive. I think that the words that he was trying to convey really stood out to me. But also, you know, like you said, if you're if you're a you know, a guy reading this and you feel attacked, that's just uh that's just you being immature, in my opinion.
0: Okay. Well, uh yeah. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be honestly, call myself out then and say, maybe there's room for, for maturity for me. Cause I mean, a hundred percent, I, you know, like, and I don't know if I so much felt called out myself as I mm-hmm. felt just, just a, you know, for, I I'm, I'm reading this and I, and I'm thinking of other, you know, you know, men and young boys who would you mm-hmm. know, potentially read this and I'm thinking a way that they might be perceiving this. Right. And I'm like, not cool. Um, right. I'm like, Understandable. I'm like, I, I kind of get, I guess, and I feel like it kind of gets easily missed that he mentioned that he was using humor. I feel like mm-hmm. that's depending on who, who you are in and, and text. I feel like that's kind of hard to do. Right. To do humor right. in text like that, because you can't really pick up on, you know, the sarcasm, the humor. It's difficult. So, mm-hmm. and I feel like, and and you know and the people who are uh, the women who are responding to the post seem like they were definitely you know kind of to what you're saying like really appreciated this um but maybe weren't really seeing you know the yeah, like really seeing like the wording that he was using and how that can be sort of you know upsetting or right I don't know yeah, I guess I, I feel like I feel like yeah, it's like even if I'm not upset myself, like I I'm upset for the other, you know, other men who might yeah. be reading this and feel that they're like called out. And I guess the, but I'm kind of getting back to shame. And again, not to sort of like make this a male thing, because again, like this is something that is, and I think part of the excitement, I guess, I don't know if that's right, we about this is that we're finally, you know, like looking at the female perspective, like right. that's, that's not been done enough. We need to continue that. We need to have the, the voices heard. Let's stop having right. this being dominated by men. Um, right. so, and so partly why I want to have you on here is to do that because I don't want to dominate this. Um, but I mean, if I may, I also wanted to at least kind of like a whisper of like, Hey, like, let's, can we, can we still, again, like, look at this too. And, you know, as we're trying to have this conversation, let women be heard. Can we do that in a way that invites everyone in and does not, you know, you know, put people off from, right. cause you want to, I feel like you really we have to be tactful with these things and something i was talking about with a, like another friend about a totally different subject is like you know people have some amazing thoughts and some like things that they're trying to push that are amazing but the mm-hmm. way that they go about it is right. turning off so many people 100%. and they're not even going to be able to hear what they're saying because of the way that they're saying it right it's not tactful <laughs>
1: It's yeah, and you're completely right, like lost in translation, right, yeah, and so. I fully, yeah, I fully agree, I do think that um, just like to not necessarily sum up what you said, but like just to add on to it, like I reading that, I can obviously understand both sides, like mm-hmm. i'm not I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, this is a hundred percent the male's fault, like I think what what the guy who wrote this was just trying to convey, like what you said you know, we've had years and years and years and years of only hearing the male perspective. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let me just spotlight the female perspective for a second. Right. Let me just spotlight it. Not so much. I'm standing up for only the girl in this instance, but I want to highlight her perspective of this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that you know, I I get what you're saying about the sarcasm as well. Like, you know, like guys don't be gross again. Like we kind of already discussed like to a guy, you know, that's not gross. That's a natural thing to, you know, Mm -hmm. look at something that they're attracted to and have these, these urges or whatever. But at the end of the day, he's, I really believe that his point was just trying to bring awareness to her side, not obliterate the male side. Cause I I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and say like, you know, I fully understand, like as a as a female, we know what we're doing. I'm just gonna be honest, like I know what I'm doing putting on a two piece versus putting on a one piece. You know what I mean? It, it's not mean? all okay, so like just to just to give a little bit of perspective to that, as a female, especially in the twenty first century, we know what is if if we want to get someone's attention specifically a guy or, or someone, especially if we're attracted to said guy, mm-hmm. we know what's going to make them look at us. You know what I mean? Right. If, if I'm going to a place and I want the male gaze on me, I'm going to wear something that's going to attract the male gaze. And mm-hmm. a lot of women are much more knowledgeable about how to do that nowadays like I don't want I don't want anyone listening to this to you know be naive to that um Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm not necessarily calling us out in a bad way but I don't want to to exclude the fact that like we know we know what's appropriate for certain functions and certain places and how to dress. And, and if we don't, you know what I mean? There, there there, might be women who don't know, but again, it's 2021 and we have so many resources and so many people that we could look to for knowledge, especially in the church. Like he wrote this from a, a Christian perspective anyway. So mm-hmm. again, it's not, I, I don't want to say that he was a hundred percent obliterating the, the male um, reasoning for doing this. Like I fully understand why a guy would, you know, stare at a girl in a bikini, you know what I mean? Like I totally get it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, yeah, we've, we've had centuries of shame placed on the female and nothing placed on the guy. It's like Mm -hmm. well, her bikini is responsible for my actions. You know what I mean? It's like, nah, like take responsibility for your actions, regardless if she's in a bikini or a one piece. I think Mm -hmm. that's what Hughes he's really trying to highlight when it comes to this letter. And when you, when you can look past the sarcasm, which I understand not everyone can do, like you were just saying, Mm -hmm. tact, you know, Mm -hmm. you find a, you find a way to say things that's going to appeal to the most people. Um, But again, like it's a gray area
2: and Mm -hmm.
1: feelings are going to get hurt either way. I I feel like no matter how he said this, someone was going to take, sure the worst things out of it right yeah yeah but I just wanted to like add to that that the whole bit about girls kind of knowing like I know what to wear to get a guy to look at me like it's it's not some secret thing I just wanted to put that out there we know what we're doing
0: for sure okay yeah (laughs) I don't know what to make of that or to say about that uh
1: well what do you what, what do you like do you have any thoughts on that? Because I mean, I'm, and maybe it's because I'm just a smidge older than than youth camp age, but yeah, yeah. I, I just I I feel very much that that girls, you know, we we are much more aware of of you know how to how to turn turn it up a notch or turn up the heat. You know what I mean? Sure. Like if I'm if I'm hanging out with my girlfriends. And it's just, you know, we're just slumming it and bumming it. I'm not going to I'm put on t T-shirt, cover myself up head to toe if I want. But if yeah. I'm going out and I know like the guy that I've been crushing on is going to be there. Yeah. Like, let me, let me sashay in a skirt and show some leg. And, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. one of those, it's one of those things where there's knowledge behind it. And that's, that's, you could, you could apply the smoke and the fire analogy to that too. You know, like there, there's, there's a. There is a knowledge that's hidden, which is the fire, but you you're always going to see the smoke, which is me coming out of my house and a two piece. If I know that, you know, Johnny is going to be there and I've liked Johnny for six months and I want him to notice me, you know. Right. So same, same, same. There's so many nuggets that you can take out of that. And it just makes you think about every aspect of it. And that's I like that he's bringing awareness to it because it forces you to think about these types of things both sides
0: yeah yeah Hmm. Mm, yeah lots of stuff stuff you can figure out of that yeah
1: lots of dissect there as a guy like are you are you aware that that a lot of females know what they're doing when they're you know when they're wearing certain things are you aware of that
0: yes I think that and I think that that can be (laughs) I guess uh can be maybe a source of maybe frustration as I maybe talk with other guys is Yeah. And yeah, it's tricky when you have, you know, women, especially on social media, Mm -hmm.
2: like clearly
0: putting on stuff, wanting Mm -hmm. to gain attraction, and then later using language like, you know, like, oh, like, why are guys looking at me? And and, right. And it's, it's very confusing. And it's frustrating, honestly, because it's like, I don't know what to make of that. Like, do you want to be seen? Do you not want to be seen? What's going on here?
1: Right. And that, again, like I, I can honestly say I a hundred percent agree with, with your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. And again, that just goes into me. I, I feel like my, again, I'm, I'm not calling myself old, but I do feel like my age plays a lot into it. You know, mm-hmm. teenage me might've had different feelings, but a 30 year old me has seen, has seen some stuff when it comes to this type of thing. And, and I, again, I think that, it's not to obliterate uh the the male responsibility but right it it definitely it definitely is something again i think that he's just trying to bring awareness to the female side um because we haven't heard the female side um but yeah like no i fully understand what you're saying um and it's it's one of those it's one of those sticky situations like we've been saying this whole time but yeah let's going back to the social media thing real quick, or even like just the TV thing or mm-hmm. whatever, no matter what you're saying, especially if it's 2021 walking down the street and you see all this stuff, girls got on, you know, a, a lot of skin on display. And she's wondering why she's getting cat called by a bunch of guys. It's, it can be super frustrating because in your head, you're thinking like, you know, why did you dress this way if you didn't want the attention for it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But at the end of the day, it's your responsibility as a person looking at her to govern your own actions. Right. And I think that's all he's trying to say is regardless of the reason why she put on what she put on your, your actions at the end of the day is what really matters. And right. cause you can prevent, you know, something from going further. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I think again, for so long the relationship not the relationship the blame has been mm-hmm. completely on the female right so that's i think that's all he's trying to spotlight is sure, sure. you know i'm i am not some <laughs> seductress that you know depending on what i wear that day is gonna make you force you if, if i'm being completely honest force you to do something that you had no control over and right. um yeah, that's, that's the big highlight here in, in mm-hmm. my eyes anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, And it it's it's 2021. It's kind of the reality of how it is like mm-hmm. women are, are doing that. They're doing the social media thing. And so, you know, that's not changing and there's no, I don't no. see any real sense in trying to change that. So I guess no sort of the, right. the conversation then, then goes to, well, what can uh, men start doing and begin doing and, I think so much of the issue is, is the sexualization is so prevalent. And I think that men are just kind of, you know, not taking any sort of responsibility. And I think kind of like, I go to is, I feel like how often do these things actually get taken into action and how Mm -hmm. this, how many of this is, is it's kind of solely, um, more so just in the, in the male thought, like, you know, how many men are actually going out there and, you know, and actually doing something physically, and how many are just Mm. sort of like, you know, kind of struggling with, with, you know, just their thoughts, and maybe even feeling, you know, some, you know, there's definitely plenty of men out there, you know, you know, as we know, that will just do and think stuff and not think anything of it, But there's other men who are maybe more self aware, who, Mm -hmm. you know, are having like lost struggles, and feel a lot of shame for it, honestly. Right, you know, they're, right. They're aware. And so, again, kind of they, you know, they hear the language, you know, don't be gross and all these things. And they're just like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I'm thinking right. these thoughts, you know, I'm seeing right. these things. And, you know, they're just like, you know, and I, and I feel bad about it. I'm sorry, but it's like, what do I do about it? You know,
2: right, right. And feeling like, well,
0: called out for, you know, yeah. just they're not doing anything, but just like, you know, seeing and observing and, you know, Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Just again, it's it's a natural it's a natural thing for a lot of for a lot of guys to I've heard somewhere that guys are a lot more like physical and, and women are a lot more mental. Um, mm. I don't know if that applies a hundred percent. I'm pretty sure that it doesn't cause nothing is a hundred percent, but yeah. Um, I think the biggest answer that I can give you for a situation like that, where the guy is feeling shame for having these, these thoughts. And then you read something like that. and It's like the guy is like, you're gross for having these thoughts. Yes. I completely understand that you there. The woman feeling shame for so many years is not is not a reason to make the guy feel shame. And I want to highlight that for a second with an answer being education and awareness. And I think what we're doing right now is a perfect example. I mean, I wish that everyone in the world could hear this conversation, but realistically not everyone in the world is going to be able to hear this conversation so I think that little things like this though and just bringing awareness to the topic is going to have someone hear it and be like oh okay that's me that's what I struggle with I as a guy am feeling shame for having lustful thoughts about this girl that you know, showed up in a bikini or showed up with her stomach showing or a little bit of cleavage or a little bit of leg, n- no matter what it is, you know, some, some guys are easily, it's a light switch. It could be something as simple as an elbow that does it for them, right. <laughs> but <laughs> that either way, yeah, an elbow, <laughs> either <laughs> way, it's no matter what she's showing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that again, if, if we bring awareness to it, it will educate them on, like, Hey, no, we don't want you to feel shame. We want you to be much more, um, just much more aware of yourself and how you govern your own thoughts and actions. And when, when you, when you have the education for it, when you hear someone talking about it, and that's the thing, like we were saying earlier, we don't, we don't hear this kind of conversation often. Um, we we need to have more discussions. We need to broaden our audience, like we said before. And then um I think the shame factor goes down significantly. I don't know mm-hmm. if it will ever be eradicated. Oh no. Well, yeah, it, it goes down significantly. And yeah. for any guys listening to this that, uh, you know, are struggling with with the shame of of you know simply being attracted to a woman. Um just just you know don't don't feel bad about those those attractions those are natural attractions it's just learning what to do with them and learning how to to control yourself really mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing um and then also just making sure that your guy friends and, and and your male companions your brothers your cousins whatever they know as well and hold them accountable like if you mm-hmm you see something going down, you know, with a friend of yours and, you know, he, he can't control himself or he seems like he's struggling to spread the word, you know, don't, Mm -hmm. don't keep quiet about something like that. Ultimately at the end of the day, like I said, it's your own responsibility, what you let continue and what you let turn into something bigger. So yeah, that's my take.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's good. Thank you for all those thoughts. And, uh, shoot i'm trying to think of where i was gonna go with Segway. that um yeah is it gone
1: it might be gone it's okay it flew um, it'll come back it's like thoughts typically yeah.
0: work like boomerangs it'll come back absolutely yeah um ah shoot though it was <laughs> it was like a really good it was right job. on the cusp and <laughs> i was like i was like ready. it's like we're going
1: we're I, going was, somewhere happens. was um, it something like that i can trigger was i talking about Let me see. What was I talking about just then?
0: Um, Oh, okay, okay. I think I got it. So, something that I think would I I would see is being very helpful, Mm -hmm. and something is that I can only touch on it because it's going to be. That's kind of a. I feel like just a much broader conversation, whole uh, other uh, podcast that that, that could be gone into. Yeah, but just sort of, I feel like there's just a lot of toxic things that are kind of continue to to go on between the sexes and the ways mm-hmm. that there's kind of been separation between mm-hmm. like male and female relationships. Right. And there's not a whole lot of mingling and you get like the the girl circle and you get the guy group and like right you know, and you know, how and you know you know and I feel like you know this this can happen anywhere but I think you know, since we're talking about the church already, and you're not trying mm-hmm. to you know, too much on the church, but since we're here, <laughs> yep. I feel like there's like so much <laughs> this toxic like stuff that happens in the church where they like they like you know make those splits and okay like you know uh, let's keep the girls over here, let's keep the yeah. guys over here, and that just creates this like environment where it so- it, there's like all this tension. Right, and I think the real sort of. I think issue that so many, I guess, from what I talk to men fall into is that (laughs) a lot of the, uh, you know, um, making women an object is because they've they've had at best shallow relationships with women. Yeah. So they don't really know women anyways. And like, so they, you know, they're, you know, seeing them, you know, posting the, you know, the, the pretty pics and, you know, many of them, let's be real, are struggling with porn. Right. Let's be real. And they're, you know, they're so they don't have, you know, so that's to them. They're just, you know, seeing women, you know, sexually mm-hmm. and they don't have actual relationship with women. So all they know is, okay, I got to, you know, follow my urges, find someone who's attractive right. and then, you know, and then I'm going to focus in on the attractive person and try to build a relationship with them right? versus just building relationships.
1: Versus just building relationships.
0: But I that's so totally hard. Agree. But that's so hard when there's like, when there's like these like splits and expectations that, oh, well, if I'm, you know, being friends with a girl, it's got to go somewhere. Right. I think that goes both ways.
2: Yes, Um, it does.
0: But I think specifically for men and their struggles and not, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, objectifying women, it's like, Mm -hmm. how is that going to change if they don't know any women? Right. Right.
1: No, you're a hundred. Listen, as a church kid, I a hundred percent agree. Like (laughs) grew up in church my whole life. And I mean, again, like I hate to keep bringing us back to the fact that it's 2021, but the, the years make the difference. They they typically make the difference when it comes to progressive, progressive thinking, when it comes to stuff like this. Um, But yeah, no. As a kid and as a teenager, you know, I was I was very much in the church world, and there were those splits. And it's kind of it's kind of like we it was natural to us. But as an adult, I'm thinking back like, wow, that was probably the worst thing they could have done. Like, and 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 yeah, it's it's very um, it is much more difficult when you don't have the uh, the education on like intermingling with the intermingling between the sexes yeah. because yeah, they're, they're, they're seen as, as they're not seen as people is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go directly into objectifying, but it's much harder to build relationships with a stigma or an enigma. If I'll say like, like yeah. a figment of your, of your imagination, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when, when you, when you have been separated, you don't, you don't know how the other, the opposite sex even thinks you don't know how, yeah, yeah. how we feel about certain things. So I fully understand it. I really, I really hope that that era in church is over. Um, at least where I, I'm not going to say where I live, cause I haven't been to every church in my area, but because we live in like the Bible belt of Virginia, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like... <laughs> twenty twenty one is much better at at educating both sexes when it comes to the opposite sex, but as kids, because we're both millennials, um, mm-hmm. we we both probably had we've seen that that split and we've seen the damage that it's done. Yeah um, so I think moving forward our responsibility for the church kids of this generation um, is making sure that this doesn't repeat itself. Right. Yeah. So being, being someone who is willing to mentor and I don't mean like you got to make it your full-time job, but I mean, just like, if you see it happening in that church, I honestly would just ask, like, why do you guys do this? Like Mm -hmm. what's, what is the benefit in your opinion of doing this because I'm going to tell you one thing I grew up with this and I'm seeing a lot of damage from it. So I wouldn't be afraid to approach the leaders and I wouldn't be afraid to, I mean, approach the parents, even like, if you feel comfortable, if if it's a church that you go to, or if it's someone that you know that goes to that church and you see it happening, like I would honestly be vocal about it because it's Mm -hmm. super toxic. Like you were saying, um, and yeah the only thing that is going to stop it is again bringing awareness to the bad side the negative mm-hmm. things and yeah. i honestly don't think that there is a positive side to doing that I, mean, I really don't i think i think maybe it might stem from just historical practices i really do mm-hmm. and um it's rooted in patriarchy and paranoia like <laughs> if i'm mm-hmm. being real um yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I really don't. I don't think if there are positives, I think that they're a lot more minute than the major negatives that we've seen for sure. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, as I have thought about it, I feel like, uh, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of separating the girls, and the boys, that's easy. That's a really easy way of sort of like managing sort of what I feel like is and I feel like what really motivates that is fear. It's, yeah, it's fear Just that straight
1: up paranoia, that, yeah. that
0: women, you know, are sort of I don't know, can't be mature and like handle themselves, right? And that boys can't be mature and handle themselves, right? You know, like it's it's like oh, like I don't know. I feel like, like that the 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 way that it's looked at is like women need to be protect, protected, and mm-hmm. and man and the boys are primitive beings. Yeah, so we got it. We got to we got to protect the women. From these boys of are primitive beings, well, it's like yeah, well, maybe very, the, maybe the women don't need to be rejected, and maybe the boys aren't like that immature,
1: right? That's that. But again, that is such a primitive, old school, like rooted in patriarchy, right? It's rooted yeah. in the historical, the historical negatives of not even just this country, but the world. Like this is a global problem, right? Um, and it it only varies in in danger, mm-hmm. like. In different cultures, right? I mean, we see we see it in the extremes and a lot of other religions, and then we see it in the extremes. In in you know, it's a lot less extreme when when you take when you take biblical principles out of it, or when you take religious principles out of it. But it's still just as just as dangerous to teach that um, that women consistently need to be protected, and then mm-hmm. men are just primitive beings because that's we've seen like the damage of teaching people that. Um, but it's also too, like you could, you could look at it and be like, okay, say, say women do need to be protected. How, how as a man do I help protect them? Like, is there another way? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, is there a way that I should be protecting something? And then how do I know how to protect you? If I don't know you, like you Mm -hmm. might not be as fragile as, as this other girl over here. You know what I mean? Like you could even, you could go back to what I said about smoke and fire, like, Someone having a history of trauma, mm-hmm. like a female having a history of trauma, she might need to be protected as if she was a dainty flower. But, you know, someone's a woman who's got like this fierce kind of warrior mentality might not feel like I don't have to be protected in the same manner. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't it doesn't mean that I, I don't want to feel protected. It doesn't mean I don't want to feel safe. And right. I think you have to know you have to know how to do that on both sides, not just, you know, as a man, but I think we, we need to know how to apply that for both sexes. Like men also need to be protected, right? We're seeing, we're seeing the effects of toxic masculinity. If you want to even open that, that can of worms, that's a, that's a really big topic as well right now. Just the fact that, that men, don't feel safe in in their emotions and how how they can think about certain things or like I can't even I can't admit that I feel shame about my thoughts and about my lust without Mm. being judged or you know having it make me look like the villain you know what I mean so I think Mm -hmm. there's again it goes both ways and that's that's another topic that you could even like save for a future podcast but
2: definitely
1: yeah like you have to know how to mingle with the opposite sex in order to do anything really. Yes. Effectively. Yes. Yeah. Hardcore. I'm glad you touched on that. That was, that's, that's another one that we don't talk about enough, especially in a church for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, just say again, for people who are listening, who aren't in the faith or in the church, like this is not every church, right. um, You know, this is, you know, this is definitely something that is quite prevalent. Um, Mm -hmm. but there are definitely some churches out there that, that do it better, that get it, you know, I
2: would say get Get it right right. because,
0: (laughs) you know, and the thing is, uh, and I've, I've honestly been in a position where I'm sort of wrestling and struggling with the church Mm -hmm. even more so than I ever have. Right. And, uh, but with that, I will say that, you know, the church, you know, for as much flack as it gets, it's just another organization and organizations are broken, you know, they're, they're run by. Broken people, and mm-hmm. I guess the the tricky thing about you know church though, is because when you kind of get into religion, you're not necessarily thinking the way that you would if it's like a school or mm-hmm. you know some other function mm-hmm. uh, where you can sort of easily sort of make distinctions. I think when the, when it's in the church and you kind of uh you know you kind of start you know applying these things to like oh to like verses oh, yeah. doing these things because it's like you know this is what God wants you to do that's where it gets, you know, really, you know, really hairy and tricky to sort of make decisions. But in the end of the day, it is still an organization. And in most instances, you know, people aren't, you know, Mm -hmm. there certainly are instances where people are just trying to take advantage of people. Um, But most often, you know, these pastors and, um, you know, other church, you know, people they like, they generally believe, you know, certain things, and they generally want the best you know, for the people who are attending their church, they're just really misinformed. Um, yeah. and really agreed, just, you know, haven't dealt with their own, you know, issues. Yeah. And you know, they're, you know, they, you know, they probably are finding themselves in this, you know, this position of leadership. And if they're not healthy, uh, right. you know, that's going to be a struggle for them. Like, oh, these people are following me, they're paying attention to me. They're hanging on my every word. And mm-hmm. how can I keep that going? Um,
1: Right, like more into the power of it, or more into the the position and the title. But I really like what you just said so far as um misinformed and just like miseducated. But yeah, like we are living in a time where we're seeing more change in the church than I think I ever have in my entire life. Like when you, what you just said about the church being an organization just ran by people. Um, Generally, people want the best, and we we want we want to apply, you know, biblical principles to, to people's lives in a way that aren't going to hurt them. Right. Right. Um, and I think that, that obviously having the right leaders in place is super, super important. And I think for so long, we have had a lot of people, you know, they, I'm not going to call them bad because, you know, that's, that's just too big of a, of a word to throw at people, you know, but at the end of the day, like what you said about, you know, being misinformed and and not having dealt with their own trauma and their own issues. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of of people who haven't healed from things who are in positions of power and they're trying to teach in a way that only they understand. If I've only seen this my whole life, I'm going to teach from that perspective. Um, We don't have enough objective, uh, people in authority when it comes to um, the church and leadership and all that stuff. But yeah, I think now is the, now is a really good time. Like, yeah, if, if you want to see what's well, that corny saying that we grew up on, like be the change that you want to see in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, yep. It's so corny, but it's so applicable to what we're right. talking about. Right. And like, uh, just again, you with this podcast and, and and wanting to talk about things that are deep and things that matter, like it's a huge step in the right direction. And it's definitely a ripple in a much bigger body of water, but mm-hmm. ripples spread, right? So yep. we keep, keep the, keep the narrative going and then like, keep the conversation going. And, you know, people hearing this can, can kind of dissect and analyze like their own lives, like wow am am i a victim of this or am am i a perpetrator in this and Mm -hmm. everyone kind of plays their own part in this huge thing that we're talking about because again it's it's rooted in history so it's it's been happening for years and years but if we can break a cycle now is the best time to break a cycle because there's so many cycles that are if they're not being broken they're definitely getting spotlighted right now and Mm -hmm. and the church is definitely getting spotlighted right now so this is this is huge to to talk about and it, sh- it would make a world of a difference um, to re- to really like analyze this as a much bigger topic. And hopefully mm-hmm. the 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 outcome will be will be able to see the outcome from. From this years from now, you know mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah mm-hmm. and
1: then like the yeah. the kids that are in church now and Gen Z I don't even know what you call the ones younger than Gen Z but like, <laughs> yeah right I, <laughs> it's like I pray that they are um they seem like such social justice warriors anyway, so I feel oh, yeah. like I feel like that that they're going to be much more uh, skilled in and being open about talking about things like this. I think mm-hmm. with the older generation, you know, we didn't question things, and and people yeah. before us definitely didn't question things. We just yeah, absolutely took it as law. And like mm-hmm. you know, it, certain things you can do that with. But I I am a firm believer in questioning. I am a oh, firm yeah. believer in understanding why we do certain things. And mm-hmm. I, I'm especially when it comes to things are outside of a biblical principle. Like if, if we want to get, (laughs) I don't want to ever say like, you know, don't question things that are in the Bible because that again, like that's up to you. You question whatever you want to question. But again, this goes deeper than, than the church world. Um, but it's just, it's much more prevalent as we've seen in the church. So I'm really glad that we where we're able to highlight them, but also not make anyone else feel excluded if they're not in the church. People who are not in the church, I'm sure one of the reasons they might not go to church is because this is an issue. So, like, let's be
0: honest. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> for sure.
0: And I'm trying to track here because you have so many great thoughts that like I have like somewhere I want to go, and you have another thought. I'm like, oh shoot, me. So it's hard to. I'm, I'm doing sorry, my best to try. Right? No, no, you're great. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, I, it's because I don't it's because I never like talk about this kind of stuff or or not. I'm not going to say I never do. But like when I talk about it, it's very it's a few and far between. Right. So. Oh, yeah. It's yeah nice. Absolutely. Yeah. It's nice to be able to, like, have a full on conversation and oh, get I all the. It. Yeah. Get all the angles out. Right. Gosh. Oh, no, it's amazing. Yes. Um, it's freeing. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: But yeah, sort of. I think uh, where it was going is, you know, yeah. I think the church definitely is uh, spotlighted, and I think that's kind of why I keep kind of coming back to, sort of making a point here that I'm not trying to. Well, I'm trying to avoid any sort of language that imply that I'm trying to, you know, put down the whole church. You know,
1: -hmm. yeah, Um, church with a capital C. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah. and and really coming back to the fact that church is people, and I think that's something that I really. Uh, sort of even more so I've taken issue with is that uh people go to a temple and they call it church
2: right that's the way I right. see it
0: it's like you know you, okay, you, you go to a Sunday service and that's church It's mm-hmm. like no, that's not church that's a service, mm-hmm. but church is you know a group of people, of faith of believers right doing right. things together right fellowship um yeah that's um, a
1: good way to put it actually super good way to put it
0: um. But yeah, so I mean, even myself, like I've uh, really, you know, felt like I've I've been hurt by the church. And so I'm trying in my mm-hmm. own way to sort of work through that and make distinctions that and I think it is really helpful for me to sort of be ejected and be like, yeah, it is an organization, it's people. And you know, yeah. and like I definitely feel like um, I'm getting to a place where I can finally kind of like own the things that they the ways that they've done it wrong. Right. Um, but it's also been helpful for me to start to see also the ways that i um and i think that was kind of the tricky part even was kind of coming to ways that i kind of um i don't know if i could say like the role that i played but you know yeah. it's it's hard when you are the victim to kind of like even you know recognize that maybe you had a role to play but right um right. but yeah i mean i think there's definitely uh, ways that I made myself susceptible to certain things. And I think that really kind of oh, just 100, comes 100. down to uh, just lack of boundaries and just right. like letting people, you know, not being uh, more able to say no to things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, you know, the other people weren't going to be aware, you know, that I was getting burned out or that, right. you know, I, you know, needed more space, um, mm-hmm. you know, that I, mm-hmm. so, you know, again, I think there's still issues there and I don't, um Say the things that were done were okay. Um, right. Happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's something that I struggle with. And I think that's something that, you know, maybe other people who have struggled with a church, you know, have fallen into as well. I think it's really hard uh, to to do church. Um, right. If you are, right. or, well, I mean, to do a lot of things, but specifically church again, because it, you know, falls under religion and, you know, doing the right things and you can get really moral about it. And so it's like if you don't have those boundaries there, um, then it's really in just like really easy to sort of, you know, follow someone else's agenda and, you know, not say no enough. And so.
1: No, I fully listen, man, this is like this is this is such a huge (laughs) it's such a huge topic. And I'm so literally I probably said this a million times, like in different ways, but I'm super grateful to be able to talk about this kind of stuff. And it's it's such a necessary conversation piece um i love what you said about you know the role that you play and it's like we all have a responsibility as churchgoers you know what i mean like if mm-hmm. even if you don't go to church right now you can if you've ever been in a time in your life or a season in your life where you were in church and you were not just an attender but you were like a leader or you served or you had any had any part in the inner workings of ministry when it came to people like what you said earlier. Church is just people. It really is. It's just people. You know, we are. uh, We're attending a service, you know what I mean? We're attending Mm -hmm. an organized. (laughs) It's the very organized institution. And I obviously don't think that that was how the Lord, you know, I don't think that that's how he meant it to be. I mean, he's pretty. He's pretty explicit in what he he wanted the church to be in the Bible. But if okay. you look at how church has been has played out over the years, um, especially Western civilization church, like North America church specifically, it's much more business ran. And um, mm-hmm. it's much mm-hmm. more difficult to to really like, yeah, I'm pretty sure like 90% of churchgoers have church hurt, if not 100%. Yeah. So it's literally
0: like church hurt. There's
1: there's church hurt. Church hurt is huge, you know. And like I'm glad that we, this is this is bigger than just the podcast conversation because I'm I'm seeing this this conversation piece blow up nowadays. And Mm -hmm. you know we've we've got something that's going on called deconstruction. I'm sure people have have heard that terminology, especially as a church goer. You probably heard that terminology a lot this year. Mm -hmm. Um, people just really analyzing their faith and analyzing like do I want to still be a part of this? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and I think, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking questions, but let's analyze, like, are you asking this because of church hurt? And like, if you are asking this because of church hurt, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I would question, I would question a wound as well. Like, Hey, where'd you get that from? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, who did it come from? You know what I mean? Like, do I feel safe going back or do I feel safe finding another Version of the same thing that hurt me, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. th- those are those are really important questions to ask yourself um, and also asking like, did I have a responsibility in that church hurt? Did mm-hmm. I have a responsibility in in someone else's church hurt? It's yeah. one of those things that I think once you ask yourself that, it's going to open up so many, so many like conversations and so many just opportunities for you to correct things you know what I mean like correct ways and patterns and behaviors and if if you're not necessarily again like we bring this word up self-aware like I I want I want us to be able to be more self-aware about how these things work because too many oftentimes too many people are not self-aware of Mm -hmm. a their own church hurt and then gosh, if you're not self-aware of your own church hurt, let's say you become a leader, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Like we've got, we've got so many of that. Like we've got so many people teaching from heart, like wounds in their hearts, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm going to now teach from this place of hurt. Don't even realize I'm preaching from this place of hurt. And it's going to instruct and then not just instruct, but also obstruct someone else's view of, everything i'm teaching about so i i'm really like i'm really big ad really big advocate for um like just being self-aware about your wounds when it comes to the church and like you Mm -hmm. said you know we're just talking about the church as an organization here but so oftentimes like I, i i was watching some youtube channel i forgot what the guy's name is but he, he was a believer and, um, he very, very much involved in his church, but he was talking about his own church hurt and just how Mm -hmm. he said it. And it sounded so simple. I know it's not going to be that simple for someone listening, but at the end of the day, you know, one church can hurt you go to another church, like see what it's like at a different church. You know what I mean? Like not every church is the same. Mm -hmm. Not every group of people is the same. Not every, you know, denomination is the same there's so many there's so many other um ways out of a toxic uh, mm. relationship with the church there's so many ways out but i think that you know a lot of people they see one bad example and it turns them off from the entire thing right. and um,
0: that's what i was thinking yeah
1: it's so unfortunate i can yeah. i completely understand why yeah but it just, it makes my heart break because it's like, no, not, not every church is like that. Not, Mm -hmm. not every church. There's some, like you said earlier, there's, there's broken people in every church and there's broken leadership. There's broken, there's corrupt systems that are high up that, you know, again, we're talking about shame. It stems from years and years and years of abuse, but at the end of the day, like it's a cycle that we want to help change. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, Again, I don't think it's ever going to stop because we live in a broken world, but at the end of the day, if you're (laughs) self-aware, then you can at least, you know, you can be the change that you want to see, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: It's crazy. It's so, it's wild. It's just, I'm ah, watching all of this from like a bird's eye view, but also I'm I'm in the thick of it. So Mm
0: -hmm. it's wild, man. It is wild. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on I think uh, something I've been trying to avoid myself is, as I've been, you know, sort of wrestling with things and, you know, think about the churches not to be like, not to be like, oh, this, like this particular instance, or these instances, you know, of, you know, church are bad. So the church is bad. It's like, no, like, and that applies to, again, to, as we said, to, like, a lot of things, but can be really tempting to be like, okay, this is not going well. You know, so it's, you know, we're not going to throw out school the whole concept of school because you know, right. a university that's doing it wrong.
1: Right. Um, yeah. And when I, yeah, when I say like, go to another church, I, I also don't want to give the impression that I'm talking about church hopping here. Cause like, you know, you're, there's something good, there's something bad everywhere you go. There's, there's always going right. to be something that you can nitpick on or improve on. So I don't want you going from, you know, one church and something bad happens. You go to another church immediately. Sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't know how spiritual, People are listening to this, but I definitely believe in the development of the fruits of the spirit. And that's just a biblical concept. Um, Self-control, you know, long suffering, joy, peace, all that stuff. Bible 101. Right. But Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, you could look at it, even if you're not a Christian or not a believer, as you're learning. These are life lessons. Like not everywhere you go is gonna be easy. And not everywhere that you go is supposed to be easy. Like sometimes you go somewhere and things happen that you don't like. Um, and I'm not saying like super extreme things, like abuse or something horrible happens, you know, then it might be time to slide out. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, all I'm saying is like you're not ever gonna find a perfect church. You're never going to find wow. someone that is without fault and without flaw. And Absolutely. And I think that instead of running from those things immediately, you know what I mean? Like there, you should want to challenge yourself to like, look at them and, and face them head on and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, is this something that I need to escape from? Or is this something that I'm just, I'm not prepared or I don't want to face, or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like there's, again, there's so many, like, there's so many ways you could look at it. And just so many different things that we could talk about, but we'd be here literally forever.
0: So Yeah. I'm um, trying to, I'm trying to think about where to, and, and how to end this year. Cause it looks like we are sort of coming up on mm-hmm. you a know, good time. Cause I don't want people to have to feel like they're like listening to like <laughs> You know, they're probably uh,
1: they're probably entrenched in our conversation. I, think so. like, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> they're probably like, yeah, I fully understand.
0: <laughs> yeah, I certainly hope so. Um I think yeah. yeah, so much of this is very relevant wherever some may find my find themselves. Um but yeah, um, I guess uh how to sort of wrap it up. Talk about talk about wrapping this up. Um yeah. maybe um hmm we basic. went
1: like, like we went from like well no we, we we stayed on topic it was literally oh yeah just, we've
0: always been staying on topic but you right. know the topic <laughs> is large the topic it's is massive, is deep right? yeah um
1: uh, massive. well I know we talked about shame and you know like I mean that's such a thing that's rooted in the church so I mean really really it's it's all gosh you could make this a series I'm just going to be real with you yeah.
0: <laughs> you want to do it with me?
1: Absolutely. I would be down. Listen, what did I say earlier? I do not get a chance to talk about this kind of stuff. It's few and far between. So I appreciate the opportunity and like for you to have me up here. I'm I'm honored with a capital H mm. to to share my 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 thoughts and and I feel like again as someone who <laughs> has grown up in this world like entrenched in this world you know from from both congregation and pulpit literally I've been in every not every position but I've seen every position very close up in, mm-hmm. in the church world so yeah. it it's coming from it's definitely coming from a perspective that is is a little more broad than just your average your average church goer, maybe so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to continue talking about stuff like this with you for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, maybe we can uh, kind of try to end it there and, and just leave you wanting more with that. Um, yeah. Uh, but before we, before we totally close out, um, I wanted to give you opportunity because they're awesome. Just uh, feel Aww. free. And I'll, I'll put some things in description as well. But uh, feel free to sort of uh, plug anything you're doing. Let people know how they can find you. Um,
1: okay, yeah. So currently, I am. I, I would say that I'm resting, um, but I am not going to stay resting. Um, mm-hmm. As a burnt out millennial, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we've we've come. You know, especially post pandemic, we are. We're all kind of just like, man, I just I just want to chill for a second. But um, I am available on Instagram. Uh, My (laughs) username, I'm sure it'll be in the description, but it's Mm -hmm. at Leah, L-E-A-H underscore Mojo, M-O-J-O. I do make music. Um, I've taken a break from that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Singer, songwriter, um, just it's it's a hobby of mine. It's a passion. Um, I've taken a little break from but I'm definitely getting back into it. probably will release some more music before the year is over. But um, everything sure. that I have out now is currently only available on my um, Instagram page. Um, so specifically the IGTV tab. So if you go look me up on Instagram, you'll see the songs I've released about five songs written by me. Um, and I'm just with a team that helps produce the beats and they're pretty nifty songs i might be biased but they're nifty. um yeah they're nifty thank yeah. you I, I i like that um and then youtube <laughs> mm-hmm. i if you look up the same name leah mojo um no underscore for for youtube but i started a series in the beginning of this year it was um makeup and Bible series. Um, and it's called cosmetic creed. I've taken a, a break from that as well. Cause burnout is serious. Like you mm-hmm. said earlier, I was, I was pretty burnt out. Um, but I did the entire book of Genesis. Um, so if you guys want to check that out on YouTube, uh, the link is in my description on my Instagram page, but if you want to link that, um, I, I mm-hmm. can send it to you, Mike, just yeah, please do and make it easier for them. Um, but yeah, look it up. I I'd like to think that I'm, I'm kind of funny, entertaining on this, Yeah, you are on this YouTube series, but it's just me retelling Bible stories. Um, so like I said, I did the entire book of Genesis. Exodus will be coming out before the end of this year. I promise. Okay. Um, I just, I needed to rest. <laughs> that was it.
0: <laughs> oh no, I'm glad we can sort of, sort of end this on that, that, uh, that you're Taking time to rest. Gosh, how we could all do more of that. I think.
1: <laughs> right, right. Oh man. But yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and hopefully, the listeners got a lot out of it. I think they did. I'm just going to be honest. If I was a listener, yeah, I would have gotten a lot about out of this for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've certainly. It's been a delight to i've I love you know, as you said, uh, just getting to talk about this stuff. Um, yeah. So. Absolutely. And then maybe one more uh, question for you here to end it out. Uh, we didn't do, yeah. like a, we didn't do like a formal interview, but whenever I do have someone on, I like to ask them this question. Yeah, um, sure. Is What is your personal criteria for success? So like what to you like means, what do you oh feel like being like, what do you. Yeah. It's a, it's a deep one, but I like to, I can sum
1: that up. I feel like I can sum that up in like a few words um, because yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm still, I'm, I'm just going to be real. Like I'm still deciphering that for myself. Um, yeah. I think we all are. Super. Yeah. Like, and, and really just learning, like I, I can't, I can't be stressed out about the timeline that's in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a huge one. I'm a super, super ambitious person, but I'm also like kind of lazy. So <laughs> it's like I know that there's hard work involved in my dreams, but it's literally like teaching myself. Like things are not going to fall out of the sky, Leah. Like you have to, you have to work for them, and there, there is a, a, a lesson of, of long suffering and that and discipline and self-control. And those are like the three things that I really don't like, like who likes those, you know, but, (laughs) but it's, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And, um, my, my definition of success is really just, um, it's, it's morphing each year that I get older. And I used to think that it was about having enough money. I used to think that it was about, you know, being super happy all the time, but mm-hmm. honestly, I think now it's, it's going to vary in each season of my life. I think that it's just going to change. And yeah, hopefully awesome. it means, yeah, hopefully it means I'm always growing. Like mm-hmm. if, if I really want to narrow it down to one word growth, like yes. I want, I want to see change in myself, you know, whether it's small or big, I always want to be growing. And, um, stagnancy sucks and i've been stagnant for long periods of time um, in my life in different seasons and i think you know just seeing growth in myself that's really success to be honest
0: Mm. thanks so much for sharing and uh yeah go go find uh leah she's she's awesome and um maybe uh (laughs) with a big question mark look forward to some more conversations with her
1: Yes, I would love to, if you guys will have (laughs) me. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Mike the Mike. If you have any comments or have a suggested topic for a future episode, or if you would like to inquire about joining me on the podcast, you can email me at beckm.podcast at gmail.com, or you can direct message me on Instagram at mikethemike.fm. You can find all those addresses mentioned, as well as any related links and citations for this episode, listed in the episode's description. Until next time, stay well and take care.